Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yeah, uh, Lynn Cullen, who's flummoxed and generally... <laughs> okay, here's a, a problem. This this handy little thing is is dying. It's dead. It's making a noise. It won't take a charge. So in as much as much of my show is sort of on here, <laughs> this is going to be problematic. I hope not, but <clears throat> it feels like there's so much going on. Well, because there is. It feels as though there is so much going on that I don't, I really, I guess I say this all the time, I have no idea uh, what to start with. We've got, uh, we now know that Mueller will testify. That's going to be a big story. People are already trying to tamp down expectations because you'll get this, you know, dour, honorable man who doesn't want to say anything. But he's showing up because he's an honorable man. Um, we have the people trying to get into our country. We now have this, what will become an iconic photo of what our policies do to people the picture of the father and daughter drowned washed up on our shores is so searing I I don't know um, what we do. I was saying, I think yesterday, that for us to do nothing is to be complicit in what is going on now. I used to just be talking about the fact that we are losing our country, but we're losing our souls as well. There is a genuine problem, and it's happening all over the world because there are so many failed societies and countries where people cannot live, where they fear for their lives, they fear for their children's lives. So they do what a courageous person would do. They pick up with next to nothing. They leave it all behind. Their families, their culture, their language. And they start on this impossible, difficult, physically and emotionally taxing journey north to some mythical land they've heard of. 
the Emerald City, the city on a hill. And they get so close, they can see it. But they are not met with welcome or opening arms or now even a chance, despite the fact that international law suggests that people are free to seek asylum. These people who are coming are not news junkies, so they're not aware of the latest little turns in regulations involving America's willingness to even listen to them. They come with that dream in their heads and chased by the terror of where they're coming from. And I really think it is exploitation of the dead, but to take that picture of a father who had tried to rescue his not even two-year-old daughter to use that picture of them their bodies together her arm over him his shirt clearly attempting to, so trying to protect her, lying face down in the Rio Grande River. We should take that picture and simply have with it the audio of the monster who is our president who from day one of his effort to gain that position used as his calling card to America his vilification of people like that dead man, young man, and his baby. They're sending their rapists, their murderers. They aren't sending their best. These people come here. They kill us. They take our jobs. I saw a quote 
that I have trouble even believing I'm reading. Um, with all of this happening, of course, um, the uh, acting head of uh, Customs and Border Protection has announced his resignation. Not the head, because there are no heads anymore. They're all just people who, at a whim of this monster, are put in a position until, at the whim of a monster, the monster, they are forced out. And so, right now, when the monster would have us believe there is a huge crisis happening at our borders, he and his administration do not have any of the agencies responsible for homeland and border security does not have a chief in any of those positions. Anybody who has been there for any, any duration in that position, these are huge agencies. You think they're running well when the people at the top keep going in and out of revolving doors, not staying long enough to even get a, ch a check after their name from having gone through the constitutional process of having the Senate okay their appointments. Immigration and Customs Enforcement does not have an acting, it, all it has is an acting, a temporary person at the head. Customs and Border Protection now is going to be without a head. United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, they also have no permanent leadership. And the president has now decided that since the acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection is going to leave because, as we've seen from the reports of the children in his care, that he is an incompetent in over his head. So that acting commissioner is gone, and Trump has already put a new acting commissioner in his place, and he is more to Trump's liking, sort of. His name is Mark Morgan. He will now take the temporary acting leadership role at Customs and Border Protection, and that will happen next month. But here's the thing. Shortly after he took office, Trump forced this same guy, Mark Morgan, out as Border Patrol Chief. I wasn't kidding when I had the metaphor of a revolving door. This guy was there. Then Trump, in a moment of, you know, peak threw him out. And so what do people that served in the Trump administration do when they're thrown out? They go on Fox News. And Mark Morgan became a regular on Fox News. 
and Donald Trump sitting eating cheeseburgers in bed watching Fox News. That's his major job as president. Sat and watched this guy that he had thrown out, and he really liked him on TV. He liked his tough talk on television. Here's some of what he liked in one of his appearances on Fox News, and this is the quote that must have made Trump think, this is the guy I want. The new guy, the guy who will now take over Customs and Border Protection, Morgan, Mark Morgan, said this on Fox News. Keep that picture in your head of that child clutching her father. Morgan said when he looked into the eyes of migrant children, he saw a soon-to-be MS-13 gang member. So the adjective that the New York Times in its second paragraph on its story about this guy now going to head Customs and Border Protection, it calls him, before his name there's an adjective, and the adjective is hardliner. Nah. soulless, monstrous to be able to look into the eyes of a frightened child and see a killer. So stop and take that in. This guy was in a position of authority. Trump didn't like him. He throws him out. He then sees him on Fox News saying things as horrific as that and takes a liking to him. I don't know how many acting heads uh, there have been of that agency in the last two and a half years. I can't even imagine. Um, we do not have a government. It's functioning, but it's functioning like a sleepwalker. It's uh, frightening. Trump did an interview, I guess yesterday, and he was asked about this constant turmoil and chaos at the heads of these very important national agencies, especially since he says this is where our biggest threat is at the border with these eight 24-month-old, 22-year-old-month-old uh, children coming to kill us. And he said this, yeah, 
I do burn out on people. I do. If somebody's not really great, I do. I understand what I want, and we're starting to get there. A former top official at uh, ICE, watching all of this in dismay, has said this, this perverse game of musical chairs within the Department of Homeland Security, this game of musical chairs played by the incompetent and craven is extremely perilous for national security. And so, yes, there is a crisis at the border, and in large part, it's a crisis of our government and its incompetence and its inhumanity, its indifference. In Hidalgo County, which borders on the Rio Grande, sheriff's officials reported already, no, this was last year, 27 bodies that they've taken out of the river. Border Patrol agents say this month they were pulling dozens of migrants, including children, from the river almost every day. Not all of them dead, some of them drowning, but still alive. The reason they're doing this, this father and his daughter and his wife, were doing things legally the way they're supposed to as they ran from the horror in their homeland of El Salvador and made that long trek. No fancy accommodations on the way. And they were heading where they were supposed to head to a bridge that connects Mexico to Brownsville, Texas. And there, there wa they knew that they were to cross the bridge and to throw themselves on the, God help the mercy, of the American government by appealing for asylum, which is their right. And we won't let people do that anymore. They didn't know that. So they stayed at a horrible camp on the Mexican side for one day, two days, three days, four days, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, another week, and a week after that, and a third week, and two months. And this young man with his wife and young child, his name is Oscar Alberto Martinez Ramirez, his daughter was named Valeria. And he said to his wife, 
we're not getting anywhere here. We're going to have to go further down the river and try to make our way across. So our policy of not doing what we are supposed to do is to allow people to request asylum. We caused this man to take a great risk. He had made his way across the river carrying his daughter. The Rio Grande has strong currents. It looks placid on the surface as strong currents, especially now. The reason being that uh, the farming land uh, around uh, the Rio Grande, uh, the irrigation system, um, I guess, is now putting more, taking water out, whatever it's doing, I don't understand irrigation, but as it relates to immigration, it's making the river a lot more dangerous to attempt to cross. He made his way with his daughter and he put, he put Valeria, she's not even two, he put her on the bank and he, I'm sure he said, you stay here, I'm going back to get mommy and then we'll be together here, stay here. She's not even two. And as he swam away, in her fear, she said, you know, Daddy, and jumped in trying to be with him. He turned back. And grabbed her and they were swept away. Their bodies were found about 12 hours later. The wife, the mother, watching from the other bank. This is just one story we know because one photographer happened upon this and took this picture. I swear I saw an account that last week there were, what, two children found dead in the desert trying with a, with a young mother because we're not letting people come in through the legal channel to report in, to say, I seek asylum. They understand they'll be detained. They're taking riskier and riskier. They're going to places like the unforgiving desert and they're dying there. Did you see that we prosecuted a man who gave water to people in the desert that were trying to, he was prosecuted, put on trial for this, I guess, federal crime of trying to keep people from dying in the desert. I can't believe I didn't speak of this story. 
And the good news is, is a jury hearing that case said, what? Not guilty. Even though he was clearly guilty of breaking this law, they looked and said, what? Not guilty. And then that god-awful place in Clint, Texas, where they're are holding all those children in abominable conditions. And then we're told, hey, all the attention paid off. They took them out. Nah, they took them out and then they brought them right back. Most of them were brought back. They're right back where they started from with no additional, nothing changed. Let me get the numbers here. 249 children were originally housed in that child torture chamber and they were supposedly moved to other facilities and then yesterday more than 100 probably half of them were moved back in to the same facility A Texas state legislator said, we have dipped far below the standard of care into the realms of just utter darkness. We're in a dark place as a nation, and it just breaks my heart. People have come from across the country. You know, I was saying... How can we just do nothing? Well, there's a lot of people in this country that asked themselves that question and said, well, I'm going to do something. And they filled their cars full of diapers and food and toys and blankets, soap, toothbrushes. And they drove all the way to Clint, Texas. It's a little tiny place, got no more than a thousand residents. And they got there, there's a lot of them who've come with all this stuff and they won't take it. They won't let them help. I, uh, I have no words left. Uh, Bree writes, that photo made me cry. If it didn't, I mean, do you have a heart? I cry just thinking about it. It made me want to go down there to volunteer to do something. Why? Why are we unable to do anything? This is a cry from an American who's in Dubai or something. 
I do not accept people who say, oh, they should have stayed home. <laughs> they shouldn't come. They were trying to come, he says, to seek legitimate asylum. And even if they are denied, if for some reason, you know, they are, no, we're not getting, God knows we're denying all of them. I mean, what, 2% get in? Bree writes, yeah, their lives should not be endangered by the process that we put in place. What have we become? Milt has sent me... This is not the same one, but these are other people. This is from USA Today. Oh, okay. Uh, USA Today in January. Now, I don't know. This is another case. A federal judge found four. This is in January. A federal judge found four people, humanitarian aid volunteers, guilty of dropping off water and food for migrants in a wilderness area. This area is notorious for the human remains that are recovered there each year. U.S. Magistrate Judge Bernardo Velasco found Natalie Hoffman, a volunteer with Humanitarian Aid Group No More Deaths, guilty on all three charges against her. He also found three other volunteers guilty of the charges they each faced. The charges are like operating a vehicle inside a national wildlife refuge, entering without a permit and leaving behind a gallon of water and cans of beans. I don't know what I you know, what do, what do we follow that with? I have heard I, I I swear I saw on Twitter last night that um, the NRA has stopped programming on their television channel NRA TV that these despicable characters that have been on that channel. There's that woman, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Dana Loesch, now are without a program. That's good news. I don't know why I didn't see it in the Times or the Journal today when I was looking, but um, I believe that is correct. They said they're only going to have like rerun material on there. 
That is an organization that is in incredible disarray. It's wonderful. I swear to God, the Parkland kids provided whatever that started them tipping. They're in danger of going bankrupt. The New York Attorney General is after them, uh, challenging their tax-exempt status. How do they get to be tax-exempt when they're engaged in such political activity? I don't understand it. Um, I mentioned uh, Edward R. Murrow yesterday and um, one of you, Delina, sent me the speech he gave to the Radio and Television News Directors Association in 1958, I believe, um, when they gave him some, you know, like Lifetime Achievement Award. Actually, part of that speech is uh, is recreated in the movie uh, that I was talking about about him and the McCarthy era. And uh, it is on YouTube. It is amazing. And in it, he pretty much sees the future of radio and television and mass communications. He sees where it appears to be going, and he the whole speech is raising alarm. And, boy, he was prescient. Um, I'll read you one paragraph. Our history will be what we make it. And if there are any historians about 50 or 100 years from now, well, we're, we're there, 50 or 100 years from now, and there should be preserved the kinescopes for one week of all three television networks. Well, we got those too. They will there find recorded in black and white, or perhaps in color, evidence of decadence, escapism, and insulation from the realities of the world in which we live. I invite your attention to the television schedules of all networks between the hours of 8 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Here you will find only fleeting and spasmodic reference to the fact that this nation is in mortal danger. There are, it is true, occasional informative programs presented in that intellectual ghetto on Sunday afternoons. But during the daily peak viewing periods, television in the main insulates us from the realities of the world in which we live. 
surely we shall pay for using this most powerful instrument of communication to insulate citizens from the hard and demanding realities which, much indeed, which must indeed be faced if we are to survive. And I mean the word survive quite literally. My heavens, if Hollywood were to run out of Indians, the program schedules would be mangled beyond all recognition. Then perhaps some young and courageous soul with a small budget might do a documentary telling what, in fact, we have done and are still doing to the Indians in this country. But that would be unpleasant, of course, and we must at all costs shield the sensitive citizenry from anything that is unpleasant. The most famous part of the speech is toward the end. This instrument, speaking of television, can teach. It can illuminate. Yes, and even it can inspire, but it can do so only to the extent that humans are determined to use it to those ends. Otherwise, it is nothing but wires and lights in a box. There is always a great and perhaps decisive battle to be fought against ignorance, intolerance, and indifference and this weapon of television could be useful nothing has changed is the caller still there caller go ahead please hi Lynn it's Jeff hi Jeff uh, on your uh, on your latest subject, I guess I uh, missed a little bit as I was dialing. I guess you were was that Edgar R. Mur- Edward, Edward yeah, R. Edward R. Murrow. Yeah, Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. Okay, because th- as I was listening to you while I'm online here, it's uh, I thought to myself the same could be said for like the social media stuff like Facebook. Exactly. It has potential, but you know, <laughs> you know, to do good, but you know, what 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 have we wrought? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. The reason I called is, and I'm going to be kind of all over the place Go with ahead. this. Uh, first of all. This uh, thing with Trump and like there's actually no acting heads of any of these departments, you know, that's by design. And it would not surprise me at all if this was actually a strategy that's come up, that was come up by some uh, right wing think tank like the Heritage Foundation. Because as long as there's nobody that's an official head, there's no acting responsibility. And it's about the closest in this country that a president can be a dictator. Yeah, because there's no congressional oversight there. None of these people are approved because they're temporary and they don't get approved by Congress, our representatives, until somebody is officially appointed. So I don't know what you think about it, but I think it's by design. No, I think I think you're right. And I think he's even suggested that he likes this fluidity he gets with um, not really having anybody confirmed. Right. And on this subject, which is so, so sad, you know, 
God. You know, and to tell you the truth, I haven't seen the picture. Oh, God. And I don't know if I want, I don't no, know if see I want it. to see you, the you picture. No, see I think everybody needs, I mean, we can't avert our gaze. Yeah. You need I, to look. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up and just like, it'll be like a slap against the head, a punch in the gut. But what drives me so insane are these hucksters. There's actually, you know, believe it or not, Lynn, there are actually good Christians out there. But I'm finding it harder and harder to find them. When I see their representatives like Jerry Falwell Jr. and some of these other scumbags who are like living rich off of basically hate. And I think it might goes back to like what you were speaking about yesterday about these people. Anybody else having freedom, that's like an affront on them. But, you know, this is supposed to be a Christian nation. They're given a – they really care – that God is not in the, uh, uh, you're not allowed to pray in school. But yet, when it comes to like helping desperate people, it doesn't matter. Let them, let them die. We'll just like turn our heads another way. It's the hypocrisy of it and the fact that there are actually good people who just like, honest, I really think there has been like mass hypnosis in this country with some of these Christian evangelical sects, these mega churches and all, and this worshiping of money like this Joel Osteen, it drives me absolutely insane. I have friends who are like honest when the salt of the earth and then, and smart. And then I'm talking to them. They don't believe how, how, how can man evolve from these little, you know, amphibious creatures out of the sea? No, it was Adam and Eve. You know, this kind of stuff. It's honestly, it is so frustrating, but I'm just glad we have your show because, you know, it's nice to know. First of all, I'll learn. I'll I'll learn at least five new things every day listening to you. And it's good to know that there's good that there's good people out there, too. Thank you. And on a lighter note. Yes, sir. On a lighter note. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Joe Sestak. What? Okay, tell me about him because I just saw. Is he? What? What's happening? I'm out. Of, I'm he announced out of, on Monday. He announced on Monday his right. candidacy for president. I. I. Okay. For the Democratic nomination. I have to tell you, I thought I saw that. What is he? I mean, come on. We don't need any more. You know, I was. What is going on? <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. You know what? The only thing I can think is my, my wife and I were talking about this, kind of joking about it. It's like, what, so there's already 25, and now Sestak's going to join or whatever it is, you know. But it's basically these people, to, to be a politician like that, you have to have a certain amount of ego. And they're just keeping their – half of them are, are just keeping their name their name recognition, yeah. you know. Well. They know they don't have a chance in hell. I know. But, but you know, maybe they're, like, keeping their a high-profile – for next time around or something. It's but, ridiculous. I thought no, I saw something. Away, I, I saw something on Twitter again, and I thought, no, he didn't. But okay, you're confirming yeah. he did. I, I, it's <laughs> disgusting. I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Hey, it's always nice to. It's just ridiculous. Nice to talk to you. Okay. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye. And we have another uh, caller. Caller, hello. Uh, good morning. Good morning. 
I was uh, listening to your show, and earlier this morning I read this article in Newsweek, and it says the first um, paragraph, First Lady Melania Trump on Monday announced a new Be Best Ambassadors to help improve the lives of children. Jeez. Uh, you know, how freaking ironic is that? <laughs> well, I had, you know, it, I mean, irony is, it, what, what, they're, they're destroying everything. Irony, can you even point it out anymore? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. we're in a house of mirrors. It's <laughs> insanity. It's almost, you know, like, you know, like uh, the previous caller said, like, it's almost by design. It's almost like Melania designed this. <laughs> This this little ambassador meeting after you know for for what a week now two weeks now we've been talking about the you know the kids you know and you know and and uh, the way they're treated they kept in cages well, no not, stores, in, no their, not in, their the, not in their universe not in their universe they're not talking about <laughs> you know? it yeah. yeah I know but it, what, she could who, how long ago could she have done this or how long ago could she have, how much could she have waited to have a Improve the lives of children, <laughs> ambassadors. It, it's right now. No, you can't. Um, you can't make it up. You can't make you it. You can't up. make this up. No. And um, you know, I've been talking about it on Facebook. You know, um, the the, the drown of father and daughter. And of course, I don't know if it happened to anybody else, but to me, it, re- it reminded me so much of the little boy, yes, the Syrian refugee. Yes, it has. I mean, people have noted that yeah. that that picture of that poor child washed up on the, I think, Greek or Italian shores, um, yeah. helped galvanize world opinion um, for a bit, for a week yeah. or two, and oh. no longer. I, I, you know, I believe it or not, it's going to sound morbid, but it isn't. I saved the picture of the father and the daughter because I'm waiting for pro-life people to start saying stuff on Facebook. I'm just posting the picture. I got it to post. Anytime anybody says anything about any other country, my response is just going to be that picture. <laughs> That's it. It's just that picture. It's all I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, make America great by ass. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's something. I'm, I'm, as I said, it's hard to find words. It really is. Yeah, I, you know, I can find humor in just about anything. I can't, I can't, there's, there's, I, I can't, and it, it is hard to get me upset, but when it comes to kids, you know, that's where the Hulk, the Hulk comes out of me. So you can imagine that, yeah, but the, so the, the guy who, who, who said when he looks into the eyes of one of these children, he sees a gang member. Yeah. That's who's in charge now. I'm sure things are going to get a lot worse. Well, I also found this article, uh, somebody had posted in one of these little groups I belong to about a New Jersey uh, woman who was, you know, beat you know, in hospital last because she was, uh, she went to the school to defend her son who was being, Mex- you know, Mexican ancestry being bullied. And she, you know, she called the administrator and, I mean, the principal and he gave some kind of excuse. And now she's walking down the street with her son and her one year old baby in the carriage and these kids attacked her and beat her up, put her in the hospital. Right. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and I the first thing I thought was, you know, of course this is that, you know, this is this is Trump's nation. That's right. And then, you know, they finally the boy who who actually did the beating finally got suspended, you know, and he's going to have his juvenile hearing, and the first thing I thought was, let's switch it. It's a Mexican, little Mexican boy, a 13-year-old who was born a little white boy and beat up his mom walking down the street with their one-year-old little brother. He ain't getting no suspension. He's going directly to jail. He's not collecting $200. That's right. (laughs) You know, because they look in his eyes and they see, you know, whatever, 13. Right. That is correct. The racism, the inhumanity, the boy we are... we there jeez I, I it's hard to even come to terms in any way with the reality of how awful so much of our country is and what we're doing i i i it's just it's unbearable we got to get rid of these people i'm sorry they they've got to be gotten out of power but they'll and they'll always know, be there. I mean, they'll always be there. The, you tamp down this this ugliness, and it festers and festers, and then bang, out it comes. I mean, you can see it throughout human history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, but uh, that's the thing. We gotta, you know, make them ooze back into the gutters which, from which they came. Yeah, they're going to be there. Yeah. They just need to ooze back down. You know, it, it, it's going to take a lot. A lot of work, a lot of sacrifice on the part of people, yeah. and, and a lot of not shutting up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, because I, I know you know I'm about to clock somebody in a messenger about you know they, they they speak so well and you know make such good arguments on my page. Go to their page, you know you got pictures of you know friendly cats. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. no, you can't do that. I, I don't mind you coming here and. and Putting your opinion, but it ain't doing no good to the people that I don't know that you know, <laughs> who are just—it's not doing any good, you know. Yeah. So All right. anyway, Clarence, good to talk to you. Same here. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Jonathan writes a year ago. There was a BuzzFeed posted a story with this lead. President Donald Trump on Tuesday equated migrants and refugees to the United States with vermin who will, quote, pour in and infest our country. That's right out of the Third Reich book. Dehumanize them. Makes it easier to kill them. And Jonathan continues with, that photo makes people like us cry. People who believe as Trump tells them that these are not humans or fathers, daughters, but vermin and an infestation, they will not be moved in the slightest by that photo. Hard to believe. Beth writes regarding Sestak, I really think he's trying to get name recognition for either a run at Pennsylvania governor or I think he's really running to be Biden's vice president. What? He's got no chance. He couldn't even, come on. He has the military background that neither Trump, Pence have and is just enough to the left of Biden where it won't make Joe twitchy. That's my five cents. Well, fine, but 
he waited too long. He's into uh, it, it, this is ridiculous. I mean, I th- I can't imagine anybody welcoming anybody more into this race. I mean, after after there were 20, it was enough already. It's ludicrous. Oh, God. Excuse me while I just moan. Uh, another uh, huge election, I believe, upset. I don't know if it's, I don't know if the other one has conceded this in a Democratic primary, which is essentially the election, I guess. Um, this is in Queens, where, uh, where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stunned everybody uh, by knocking off that high-ranking Republican congressman. This is uh, an equally young uh, woman, 31 years old. Her name is Tiffany Caban. She was a public defender. And it appears, at least it did late last night, and I haven't seen, that she has pulled off a stunning upset and will be the new district attorney in Queens. Understand that Queens has more of more population than something like six US states. <laughs> it's a big it Queens is hugely populated. But it was just 98% of the vote reported, and she had a very she had a thousand uh, plus uh, lead. She is also uh, with Democrats, Socialists, Democratic Socialists of America, um, and she had an extremely progressive agenda to redefine criminal justice. Uh, She says this, I am a 31-year-old queer Latina public defender whose parents grew up in the Woodside housing projects, and I decided to run. I ran because for too long, too many communities in Queens haven't had a fair shot in our criminal justice system. And she uh, campaigned uh, promising to oppose the construction of new jails, to end cash bail, to decriminalize sex work, and uh, just generally try to uh, get uh, people in prison out. Um, this is starting to happen in cities all over the country that long-time DAs are being thrown out for DAs who think like this young woman does. Philadelphia did it. Now, that's a huge city. Their DA, Larry, Larry Krasner, is, uh, is of the same ilk and, in fact, had, um, had endorsed this woman. Uh, Boston, they also have a progressive DA that just got in, Rachel Rollins. Um, 
So that is happening. Queens has over 2 million people, big enough to be one of the five largest cities in America. And uh, boy, she's going to be walking into a buzzsaw. But as all these women, and a lot of them, uh, gay, queer, uh, not white, come in, I guess it just, free, you know, it's, am it's amazing. Their energy, and they're getting the votes. They are getting the votes. I think we're almost out of here. Oh, God, I don't want to go to the Apple store. I don't know any of my passwords anymore, and they keep asking. I say, your iCloud has not been updated for me. What's your password? What's your this? What's your that? Sign in. And I just keep saying, no, no. And I think it's, I don't know. Oh, God. Just in closing, a very, very rich, 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 billionaire, 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 many times over, wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times today saying, God, will you guys tax me more? His name is Eli Broad, and he's done a turnaround. He's saying he totally bought into the whole dream of American capitalism because it sure as hell worked for him. He was He's the son of, of poor immigrants from Lithuania, Jewish immigrants. And he went on to build two Fortune 500 companies and became one of the wealthiest people in the country. And he's really quit making money a long time ago to become a philanthropist. And he's been giving money away left, right, and center for a long time, thinking that that's the way it would work. But he said, there's a story we like to tell about America, a community that prizes merit, rewards risk. We are a nation of strivers who can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps with the right combination of grit and determination. He says, yeah, but this story's incomplete because for most people the system ain't working. He says, I've come to realize that no amount of philanthropic commitment will compensate for the deep inequities preventing most Americans from the basic prosperity we call the American dream. Our country must do something bigger and more radical, starting with the most unfair area of federal policy, and that is our tax code. I believe I was talking earlier in the week about that tax code. It is obscene. It exists only to make rich people richer. The loopholes, the way things are taxed, the caps that are put on. It's unbelievable. I'll give you just a few more words and I'll get out of here. The enormous challenges we face as a nation are a stark call to action. The old ways are not working and we cannot waste any more time tinkering around the edges. I invite fellow members of the 1%.
to join me in demanding change. I can afford to pay more, and I know others can too. What we cannot afford are more short-sighted policies that skirt big ideas, avoid tough issues, and do little to alleviate the poverty faced by millions of Americans. There is no time to waste. There are always good people that warn us, that try to spread the word, that challenge us. And generally speaking, we turn a deaf ear. We did to Edward R. Murrow's speech. We will to this. I'll see you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.